A couple of weeks ago, I moved house. Just a hundred numbers down the road, nothing too drastic. During the move, I made the 30-minute trip into the suburbs to my parents' house, the house I grew up in. I wanted to see if there was anything there I could nick that might make my new place seem a little less crappy rental. My childhood room there is perfectly preserved, aside from the few pieces of art or furniture I have already pilfered on similar trips. I say childhood room, but it's really almost entirely teenagerified. In fact, the only toy from my childhood that remains, sitting on the shelf between a $5 jewelry box and the sixth Harry Potter book, is my tiger duck. It's a wooden duck, with wheels and a string, so that you can pull it along behind you. Only, unlike most toy ducks, it's painted in yellow and black stripes. Tiger stripes, as it were. I've had tiger duck since I was six years old. He was given to me by my German au pair as a farewell gift, when her time in Australia came to an end and she went home to Germany. An au pair is like a foreign exchange student nanny, who works for a host family while they learn a new language. As the second of four children, my parents relied on au pairs pretty much constantly until I was about ten. It was great, having someone a bit like an older sister always hanging around, but it was also hard. They would only stay for about six months, a year at most this person who lived with you and cared for you. My childhood was filled with goodbyes. But I remember this one goodbye not being so bad, because I had my tiger duck. I had this concrete, tangible thing that linked me to her. I cherished tiger duck as a way to connect with those happy memories. Also because it was this totally awesome toy that no other kid in Perth had. But I don't really know why it's the one toy I kept. Even just looking at him now... Though most of those memories are gone, I know I could never throw him away. So yeah, long story short, I found the perfect new addition to my crappy sharehouse room. My name is Grace Chapel, and I like things. I'm not really talking about nice clothes or gadgets, though those can be great too. But you know what I get excited about? Movie ticket stubs birthday cards from 10 years ago, or pressed flowers still in the book you left them in in high school. It's the kind of stuff that goes in a shoebox under the bed, not on the mantelpiece. What is it that makes these things so important to us, and why won't we let them go? Join me each episode as I delve into someone's life, finding out about the treasures that they keep and the memories that those things preserve. This is Odds and Ends for Curio. Oh, mine is very quiet. Are we going to be alright with the fly? Yeah. Hmm. Where'd he go? I'm sitting in a beautiful, well-lit music studio. Not in a commercial studio, but in a converted living room that's used to teach music lessons from home. The home in question belongs to Constanza Herrero, my interview subject this morning. It's a really beautiful home, in the posh bit of South Perth, right near the river. It's all a little scary. As this is my first interview for my intrepid new podcasting venture, I'm feeling pretty nervous about the whole thing, and somehow stepping into these beautiful upmarket surroundings seems to raise the stakes a little. Also, Constanza is a beautiful person, in all senses of the word. She's one of those people who, from an outside perspective, seems to just glide through life, untouched and untainted by the crude goings-on that the rest of us mortals struggle with. 
But before I can sink into a hole of inadequacy, Constanza sets me at ease. Die! Ooh, you flew that way. Really? Yeah. Ah. Oh. He's right at the top now. There's a fly in the room, and Constanza simply will not let the interview go ahead until she has removed it for me. There it is! <laughs> Die! With the fly deceased, we both relax a little, and Constanza gets into the reason why we're here. The objects. So I have a few things, maybe I thought of starting with a lighter memory. <laughs> yeah. So, as you can see, there's like a black short. Constanza is holding a pair of black shorts that have been what I can only describe as bedazzled. Someone has intricately sewn on hundreds of sequins to create something of which even Beyonce would be proud. I wore this on an um, important festival, a singing festival in my country, which is an actually international festival called Festival of Piña del Mar, um, wow, I... which is one of the most prestigious music festivals. I had to look up this festival she mentions when I got home, but I soon discover it has more to do with my lack of general knowledge than with the obscurity of the festival itself. The Vina del Mar International Song Festival is literally the biggest music festival in South America. It has been played by Tom Jones, Sting, Elton John, and when Constanza performed there in 2008, it was headlined by Nelly Furtado. It has a live audience of 15,000 and a live broadcast, which tends to break ratings records across the continent. In the words of Ron Burgundy, it's kind of a big deal. And... Well, it just reminds me um, of the day I sang. It was the first time I was singing with this band um, called Six Bag, and yeah, it, it was a big day on, in my career. It was a festival that I used to follow since I was little, every year, every summer, on summer holidays. Wow. And <laughs> obviously, I always wanted to be a singer, and it was my dream, like, one day I'll be there. Um, never thought, that I was going to be seen there um, at the age of 16. So I have photos and I have videos of that important day. Um, but this is something I keep separately and this was something crazy for me and my whole family when, because I auditioned a month before this festival. The only thing I knew at that moment was how to sing, and that's what I knew I loved, but I had no idea about all this other side, facing the press and, I, and just interviews, and I was, yeah. So it was hard, um, but it gave me, uh, like somehow it prepared me from, for the future. And it also allowed me to see that, yeah, fame is not what I was looking for. It was like, this is actually not fulfilling at all. And that's why I decided to just stop with the band and came here and study music. Wait, so this was, you stopped with the band after you did this performance? Oh, no, no. I, I spent with the band two years. Oh, wow. Um... Yeah, it was it was hard because I was I, I still wanted to be a singer in the future, so I was like, oh. I needed time to rethink how I was gonna do it in the future, because 
there must be another thing like it's not about just singing songs and get the praise of doing it like it's so empty it's it really is and i'm so thankful that i realized that yeah early constanza mentioned to me a couple of days ago when we were planning today's podcast that she was also quite nervous about recording today she says it's because english is her second language which makes a lot of sense but even so the more she tells me, the more surprised I am that someone like her could get nervous about something like this. As I look around the makeshift studio we're sitting in, I can see numerous mementos from this extraordinary past. Newspaper clippings, magazine articles, event tickets and even awards, all documenting a lot of time spent in the public eye. It's comforting to know that, despite all her experience, at the end of the day we're just two people having a conversation both nervous that we might not come off to our full advantage. So the band also was part of a TV series, by the way, and um, we did a um, TV series for Nickelodeon. And, uh, Wait, like, kind of like a sort of, um, I don't know, Hannah Montana sort of thing? Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a bit embarrassing to talk about it. It's not embarrassing, but, like, it's weird. So lots of people from the band, like, yeah, wanted to follow more their acting career so it was like time for us to decide okay so you actually you did a, a fair bit of acting as well during that time yeah yeah i was the mean girl of the two series are you serious <laughs> <laughs> but I would not... in what is a pretty out there story i find this part particularly hard to imagine i'm not as well versed in nickelodeon shows as many of my peers but if i had to cast constanza in a nickelodeon program it would be more of a Spongebob than a Squidward. My producer tells me that this is a terrible example, but I think you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Great. Um, what else do you have? Um, let's grab this. Um. Constanza pulls over a giant stuffed Goofy doll, as in the Disney character. It's big. Yeah. Um, okay. Goofy. My dad gave this to me. I can't remember how old I was, but I was maybe seven years old. I really loved Goofy. It's funny because every time someone asks me, who's your favorite Disney character? I was like, Goofy. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> um, so my dad gave me this. It's so dirty. I have to wash. And why I keep having it, it's because... Um, this reminds me of my dad and he passed away when I was eight and I remember bringing this teddy bear every time he had to have his chemios and to hospital and yeah I remember to give it to him while he was staying in the hospital so that he could yeah remember me and since then I have never lost this teddy bear. I kind of just let Constanza speak here, partially because I'm really moved by what she's saying, but also because I, thankfully, can't really speak to the reality of losing a parent. She goes on to tell me about what her dad was like, that he was so kind and brave and optimistic even in the face of death. She speaks about what it was like to grow up without him, to not quite understand as a child why she didn't have a dad like the other kids 
and she tells me this heartbreaking story about the day her dad passed away. She said, oh, you know, dad today went to heaven. And I remember, like, I didn't cry. I was, like, in shock. And somehow I was like, mom, this is all the money I've got. And I brought, like, all these coins that I collect, like, so silly. Like, I thought the, it was the end of the world. And I just, like, wanted to help my mom somehow. I think about all those girls growing up in South America, looking up to Constanza as this girl who had it all, and not knowing what that really meant. This reminds me that it was really hard. I was in this short this festival thing. Um, yeah, I was in TV and all this stuff. So all these people were like, oh yeah, she's having fun at TV. And, but it was really hard actually to, to be there and had normal um, school during the week. And there were lots, I lost lots of my friends, if I can call them friends now, because like, yeah, it was I suffered bullying at school. It was really bad. <laughs> While you were a TV yeah. star? Yeah. Yeah, and it was really sad because they had no idea what I was going through. She also tells me about how, as a precocious seven-year-old, she began to explore what she was feeling with music. Like, the first couple of years, obviously, I spent saying, like, why I don't have my dad and why he's not here um, but yeah I was definitely became that person very sensitive person so I started to see things differently and that encouraged me a lot to write songs just yeah. to express my feelings. At the risk of sounding macabre it's so fascinating to hear about this depth of life experience especially from the perspective of someone so young it's just not a conversation you have every day. Do you want to <sighs> Okay, in the next one? So this is a necklace. <laughs> she pulls over a simple silver necklace. It's a fine chain with five teardrop pendants hanging from it in a neat little row. Yeah, and um, it's funny because I don't like jewellery. Um, I mean, not that I don't like it, but... I'm f I'm very bad at using it. Yeah, yeah. it's really sad because <laughs> obviously I uh, like I have received jewelry from birthdays and special occasions from my family and friends, and I'm super thankful. Like I I like it, but I'm very probably lazy every day. <laughs> I just put my earrings and I leave home, and so it's funny that this is the first necklace I bought um, by myself. So uh, when did you buy it? I bought it last December in Jerusalem, in Israel. And yeah, I bought it because of the meaning behind. So I went to this shop in the old city of Jerusalem and this necklace was on display. It means that no tear is ever shed in vain. And it had this sum um, the scripture next to it that said you keep track of all my sorrows you have collected all my tears in your bottle you have recorded each one in your book and yeah my okay so the reason actually I went to Israel it was because I was going through a rough time and this necklace was exactly what it yeah what really represented my trip so I just bought it Last year was a really rough, tough 
year, the hardest in my life, I would say. It was a time where I just wanted to get out of Perl and... Constanza is fiddling with the necklace, adjusting and readjusting it on the table repeatedly. I start to think that maybe this is a safety barrier. When we were discussing the podcast beforehand and what Constanza would talk about, I suggested that she might like to warm up with the lighter stuff and then move into heavier territory. As you can imagine, I was a little surprised when, second to last, we were already talking about her father's battle with cancer. This last subject, then, is very sensitive. So everything started when I graduated from uni. Um, I suddenly felt super overwhelmed, mentally and physically. I graduated at the end of 2015, and last year... I went through six different specialists because I had all these weird things happening in my body. Medically? Yeah. Uh, Like, it was... It was hard. Yeah, and also experiencing anxiety, went through counselling and be open about it. Like, after I graduated, I spent like about two months struggling and not telling anyone about it. Yeah. Um, Also struggling a little bit with depression, like crying for no reasons I just I felt so yeah bad until I had to do something about it yeah do you mean see a counselor yeah until I had to first of all talk to my mom and and talk to the people I love and say you know I I don't feel well I'm not okay and I don't understand but I I kind of need help (laughs) That was the hardest thing to mm. to do. The first day was the hardest to just say, you know, I am just weak. I just don't, I just can't do it by myself. Yeah, it's funny because I even struggle now when, like, my, being, yeah, in this music scene and now that we have Facebook and all this stuff that you kind of show you the best part of you, I always struggle of, like, I really want people to know that my inside I'm crying or I'm going through this rough time and I have a little flick through Constanza's various social media profiles later on that night she's not lying she is refreshingly real in a medium that allows and encourages us to be fake one post reads my smile can easily hide my invisible battles but I'll try my best not to let my battles hide my smile followed by a Spanish translation and a photo of Constanza grinning like a dork sure She's not publicising her deepest and darkest anguish, but in my opinion, there's a time and a place for that. Podcasts? Great. Facebook newsfeed? Not so much. Was the the catalyst of that sort of experience, was it leaving uni? It was, uh, I think, a mix of different things. Yeah. Obviously, uni was, yeah, I was very stressed and stuff. But, like, uni ended up really well. I did well in my my recital, my thesis and everything is other personal things going on in between my relationship at that time and lots of things. It was a mix of different things that made me too like, I just don't know how to bear this. Um, So last year I spent my time trying to heal from different things and and once I thought I was okay, um, something else happened in August, and it brought me down again, and I was like, really? Like, I was just getting better at this, yeah. And this trip helped? 
it helped. Like, I don't want to sound like Israel was like magical, like suddenly <laughs> I stepped into that holy land yeah. and everything changed. Not at all. Like, it's a place, and I guess as a Christian, I believe that God is everywhere, you know? So, but it was, it was not just a place, it was just getting to know a different culture and just was completely different from here and places I've been in the world. So it's it's like this there's life happening. There's other stories that people struggling so much. There's yeah. war. Like I was next to the border with Syria and I was like, there's people here dying every day and I am still with this problem in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was like a massive eye-opening experience and also with the people I travel with they were beautiful people and I got to know them through the whole trip and they all had their their own stories and their own struggles um there was one boy that came from America with his family and he had some also mental issues and and he was the most joyful boy I ever met and he had all these physical problems all this illness and he was the yeah he was the joy of the trip the whole trip <laughs> and I was like wow I was just ah, so encouraged so it was so many different things that made this trip so important to me um I come away from our interview feeling really nice it's that feeling you get when someone listens to you bitch and moan and they just say, yeah, that sucks. It's just nice to know that someone as seemingly together as Constanza still has the kind of problems I struggle with. And let's be real, much bigger ones than I do. It's like I've just had a little slice of that visit to Jerusalem. A small taste of the problems that go on outside my own little world. So yeah, I think there is something to what she's saying. And knowing that, just realized that I was actually thankful for my suffering. That was, that was like the whole thing. Like, that's why I'll keep this necklace to remind me that, you know, when I cry again and I suffer, it's never going to be in vain. Never. Um, I know there's a purpose behind. Um, I'm actually thankful. I wouldn't, I, if you ask me if I would change anything that happened to me, I would say no. Now I can relate to people more to relate to it will help me so much as a songwriter as well to be able to write these songs that hopefully can encourage people yeah these days constanza is a professional singer working on recording original music and making her way into the perth music scene she tells me that she hopes to use this honesty she's speaking of to help people to be the voice of understanding and comfort that she wants needed for others she has kindly given us permission to play one of her songs in today's podcast. It'll be at the end of the episode, so just hang around if you'd like to have a listen. Odds and Ends is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Grace Chappell. Are produced by Jackson Usid and me, Ben McAllister. Editing by Grace and Ronan Chappell. Theme music is Warm by Joey Pecoraro, with featured music by Constanza Herrero. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Curio Network and Odds and Ends Show. And check out more of Constanza's work on her Facebook or her website, ConstanzaHerrero.com. We'll see you in a few weeks.
by my own fear.